Ahoy hoy! Welcome aboard the Character Arc Podcast, where we discuss story elements to movies we just watched. We put a special emphasis on character as we break down things we liked, didn't like, and provide changes as if we were the ones making the movie. Let's get started. Hello everyone, I'm Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted Hong. And we just, I mean, endured the devil all the time. Yeah. All the time. Like, <laughs> all, all the time. The time. and why people from two points on a map without even a straight line between them can be connected is at the heart of our story and knock them stiff. You ever think about how we ended up orphans living in the same house? I know what my daddy did. I don't mean to be too harsh because I did enjoy the movie. Did you yeah. enjoy the movie? Uh, I did. I did think that it was quite lengthy. Yeah, I guess, well... I'm not going to sit here and and give a like walkthrough of the plot because yeah. I don't think you can without taking about as long as the movie took because they're so dissociated the time the the plot lines until they aren't but that means you can't just like leap over things you kind of have to go well this guy does this then they do this and then in in 1954 this happens but in 1957 this happens 1965 this happens uh, <laughs> i think there are some <laughs> crucial points okay so uh, i'll give it a shot i'll see if i can condense it okay real quick. I, I was i was still gonna give <laughs> oh, some offering okay. <laughs> i just wasn't gonna sit here and walk through the plot quite i was gonna be like yeah but i right. mean no by the by all means i'll give it a go okay so arvin is the main character right is he? um he I, I would he say is. Yeah. he is, but I mean, <laughs> who's played by Tom? We'll Holland. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, the story kind of is all over the place for a little bit. Uh, so it starts off with Arvin's father, uh, which I believe is Willard, and his mother, and how they meet. He's returned from the war, uh, World War II. He's got some, I would say, PTSD. Wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. So he carries that through, but he has like some sort of moral compass, and he he fully believes in God. Uh, anyway, so when he his wife Charlotte and Arvin's mother comes down with cancer, she dies. He does some things. Like sacrifice the dog and crucify him to offer to God. Sure does. As a means to bring his wife back, right? Which he later then kills himself. So that's one aspect of the character that it seems all very disjointed, but they do kind of tie in together. Mm. I think they're just kind of different shades of this theme that I think is the theme for the movie. So then there are these other characters, Carl and Sandy. Uh, Carl is a photographer. Air quotes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, and Sandy was a waitress who she, I guess they fall in love. I believe that that's what, because we see them sort of almost in the background of the, the first story about Arvin's father. Yeah. So I think we're to, to believe that they did actually fall in fall love. love and, right. But then, you know, probably because of him, she becomes a prostitute and then that morphs into... See, I don't think she becomes a prostitute. I think... People believe that because she's she she's like the lure, right? But she is with Carl. But he, I think after so many of her okay. her brother seemed to know for a fact that she did it before. Right. I, I the movie never we never see her in that state. Right. But my my understanding is that the sheriff, her brother, uh, states Lee. quite cleanly that like that's what she used to do. Oh, okay. He he. That's why he comes and checks in on her to make sure she's not doing it again. That makes sense, because at the beginning of the movie, uh, she's like, oh, my brother got me this job. 
Okay, thank you. Yeah, maybe she was a sex worker before the waitress job. Yeah, I think so, and that was the means okay. to kind of like start. She on was the supposed. Right. To, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So good. I'll actually talk about that stuff in a bit, but finish your thing. Yeah, because uh, a lot of the plot points of this movie happen in scenes we don't see. It's a very good point. <laughs> so yeah, uh, with Carl and Sandy, they fall in love, but they end up being some sort of twisted sort of couple as they are on a sort of serial killer type of campaign. <laughs> For Carl to feel closer to God, right? Right. And the only ways for him to feel that way is by killing, which is also I take some I take some issues with with them. They're the only characters I I majorly take issues with because we'll talk, you'll continue, we'll talk about whatever religious and God sort of themes might exist. That, to me, is the weakest connection to faith that any of the character sets have. It's funny because I don't think it's about faith. And I'll get to that in a second. Yeah. So just to quickly, because it'll, it'll, we'll mention Lee. Lee is a uh, sheriff, I guess. And he's up for re-election every time we see him. And he's also a bit of a shady guy. He's done some bad things. He's killed on the side and has not been fully aligned with the law. So that leads over to Roy and Theodore, uh, who are these pastors. But Roy becomes important because he is the father of Lenora, who is in... This is what I was talking about. By I know, the way, it takes you longer. are you are not even like a I'm third of the even, way into I, the movie. <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, I'll quickly sum it up. Uh, Roy is the father of Lenora. Lenora's uh, uh, mother's name is Helen. <laughs> and uh, we Roy have yet kills... to we have yet to see the two quote unquote main characters or the main character and his biggest connection. All right, let me just finish yet. this. Let me just finish this. <laughs> so Lenora's parents were both killed. All right, flash forward. So now we've come over to uh, Arvin and Lenora. They're about high school age. Arvin beats up a bunch of people with vengeance and uh, takes a Luger and shoots a bunch of people. The end. There we go. <laughs> you, you really glossed over who I you really, called the main character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. But, the, but my point is, Let's, I oh, do agree gonna... that he is the main character, but yeah. that's my point. The movie also kind of glosses over him. Yeah. It doesn't. Like, he is an interesting character that is well thought out, and he plays an important central role, but mm-hmm. he is almost never actually central, which makes the tension of his story weak to me. I like the character. I like all of the characters. I like all the performances of the characters. I mean, I don't like all the characters. I like them as characters. Some of them are pretty shitty. Right. Um, but And they do they, such a great performance at being they shitty. They do. They are... This cast is incredible. The movie looks fantastic. The plot is very interesting. Super happy I watched it. I did find, though, that the movie is so diffuse it, that it robs it of a certain degree of tension that I wish it had. Because the, the plot feels like it should be super tense, but because the movie has this thing where you'll be on a character for like 10 minutes, and then it will cut away, and you'll be like, oh, I forgot this character even was in this movie. We're going to do this whole thing now. And now you're on a different set of characters, and yeah. it's on them for 10 minutes. Yeah. And then it cuts away, and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot about this set of characters. So like Sometimes when it cut back to Lee, I was like... Why is he? Well, I was like, why? Why are we coming back to him? What yeah. What is he contributing to the story? I would still argue he would be the weaker point of yes. all the characters. I think he is, and I think if you spent a little less time on him and his sister, I mean, we'll talk about what you think about theme and how they do or don't tie in. Right. But to me, just plot wise and character wise, if you spent less time on them because they seemed the most that plot seemed the most outside, then and you spent more time showing us Tom Holland and his sister. I think that I would feel more tension and more worry because 
there is good tension in the scenes as Tom Holland's story comes to a close. But you kind of, every time you come back, so like when he goes to confront the preacher, that is a tense scene, but it's also missing something in that like, I, well, I, think I, know I, haven't, I haven't seen Tom Holland in like 30 minutes, it feels like. And you're expecting me to this to be built up in this thing. Also, we don't see him learn. Every, like this goes back to where I was saying like everything happens off screen. Like we don't see him engage with the preacher before this, really. We don't see him learn. We, he, we know that he learns that his sister sort of killed herself because of him. Right. But even that is so... We participate in that so little that it makes these well, very good characters, very tense show standoffs feel just a little bit weaker than they should. Can I just kind of uh, piggyback on that? I think part of it is on two points. When he finds out about... I think it's Lenore or Lenora? Lenora? Lenora. When he finds about her pregnancy... It was a very kind of low-key kind of moment, even though it was hard-hitting, and you do kind of get a sense of that when he reacts to it, but there was nothing, like, groundbreaking for him, right? And then on the parts where he is spying on Preston, I think is his name. Yeah, see, I didn't even mention him. I know. Yeah, because he's also... You didn't mention the second half of the movie, barely. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, I did my best. It no, was, that's uh, no. I mean, I it's I not. Take a, that, no, it was a good. It was a good summary, but that's that's just what I was talking about. Like yeah. the movie is so convoluted. So it's not really convoluted. not convoluted. It's, it's not yeah, hard yeah, not to follow. Convoluted. It's not hard. It's not to follow. hard to follow. It's just that there are so many different avenues that the movie takes, and then all kind of reconverge. Yes. Yeah. It's very unclear where it's going for most of it, and that's fine because the characters are compelling. So it's still a good and a good watch. Right. It's it's a very fascinating movie and a well crafted movie. Mm-hmm. It's just it almost is something that you have to be content to sit with and not expect it to to carry you right like along its journey. Like, but I think that that is a weakness in a way. I like I I felt a little numb to these characters, even though I like them and I felt like they were real. It's it's that thing where like I I di- it worked. I identified with them as people, but the movie still kept me just removed enough that like it didn't bring me some the the catharsis that it should. should? This type mm-hmm. of like horrifically tragic story should. And I I agree. Uh, part of why it, it is, lacked momentum. It my point was going to be it was the devil all the time. It's just like this unrelenting, like everyone's just right. But that, that's yeah. what the, that's that is what the devil all the time means is that it's it's just this constant struggle. Yeah. You are you are constantly being worked against to do the right thing and be a good person. And and I think that's where at least the motif is. They talk about delusion. Delusion is thrown around a lot, right? And mm-hmm. the devil is the one who does. It's like how do you know what's right or how do you know what's real? Mm-hmm. The devil can also like he can pull this illusion over you, right? So just to kind of bring it back. Everyone is delusional, except for maybe Tom Holland. I think he is, though. I think he is. I think he is, too. I haven't been able to figure it out. But the other characters are easier to pinpoint. Well, his, like, his character... Well, if you go ahead and do that, because yeah. I, I think that's really... I think his character arc is that he realized... He thought he was the one who's not delusional the whole time. Mm-hmm. But I think at the end, he realizes that he was. But go on. Right. I think he has a better... He has more potential to have... To break it. So with Willard, he's so into his belief that he thinks that offering a dog, which has nothing to do with anything, like even I'm assuming in the Bible, yeah, offer up a dog, I'll bring back your wife. You know, nothing like that. So that's one. But I think here's a very good one with Carl. 
the thing that brings them closer to God is the thing that one would argue would bring you farther. Well, I mean, I, I see that. I, I think I think that's a weak connection to the theme, but I think it does work. I mean, I think with I think with Willard, uh, with Arvin's dad, it's the, he's seen so much terror in the world in kind of a hopeless way. I think the Vietnam thing, the mm-hmm. the, the use of Vietnam at this time. You mean for him, it wasn't Vietnam; it was World War Two. Yeah. Um, but I also think Vietnam is important in the sense that it's an it's it's a war we don't win. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a struggle that is somewhat endless. Right. And. So yeah, World War II is what Willard participated in. Right. But he saw he was still he still saw like the unrelenting sort of horrors of war there mm-hmm. in what was, you know, the world's most profoundly destructive war we've had. Right. And, you know, we have that little flashback where he sees the crucifixion and stuff. And I think that he feels more and more powerless as he's home. I think that's what he's always struggling with is him not having power, which is why he reacts so harshly to his bullies. Oh, good point. Um, because it's a defense against that feeling of powerlessness. So when he goes and beats the shit out of those poachers, you know, that's him taking back some kind of control. And so when his wife gets sick... And he offers the dog. Yeah. It's a means for him to kind of take control of the situation. Right. right. And so the, I think the delusion is that he... It's either that he can ever have any kind of control, <laughs> you know... I think I think a lot. I think what we're both saying can kind of be interrelated. The struggle is real, is what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I think part of the struggle is because we have this self-made delusion. Sure. Right. So, like, if he had accepted, like, the, yes, right? uh, I, I agree with. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. The I lost the thread there for a second, but yeah, he is. Because the doctor tells he him. He thinks that this is the way to fix it, and it right. is so clearly not mm-hmm. um, for us, yeah. you know, today in our world. Uh, and, but and not, not that it was necessarily the only option he had in his time, mm-hmm. but in his specific geographic location and his time combined, it would be, his religious faith would certainly be the norm. Mm-hmm. The extreme he goes to try to fulfill it right. is, would not be the norm. But you see, yeah. that's where I was kind of holding to where Arvin is the one that's kind of not... I mean, we all have our delusions, but I think because everyone else is on a very religious path, I guess apart from Lee, see, that's where I'm kind of, it, you know, this is, these are just first impressions. This is what I'm trying to like piece together. Because if you, if you look at it, obviously there's, there's Willard, there's Carl, there's Lenora, there's Preston, although I feel like he's just using it as a means to, I think to get that, to get that WAP. I mean, I think, I think the delusion is right. I think, because I think, you know, who was Jason Clarkson? The he's Carl. Carl, like Carl Clark, Jason Clark, Jason Clark. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I still think Carl's the weakest. I don't think that Preston or that uh, Arvin are the weakest. I think that Carl still is because it's kind of just like he's just a crazy person. Like you can call that a delusion, but it's like it's a delusion in the most obvious sort of way. Like he is, he suffers from something right. beyond some illusion he's built up in his mind. Like his brain doesn't work the way that other people's brains work. <laughs> See, and I, I would still, ar- I would argue against that because if you look at Roy, he is about the same, he's just on the other side of the coin between Carl and Roy because they yes. think they need to be closer to God. So I'm going to stab my, my wife in the neck. Roy's problem is he thinks that, he, is, he, he reads into this idea that God is testing him at every moment and that he has to 
kind of one up whatever the last thing was, you know, pouring spiders on his face, right. like himself in the room. And now, oh, if I just kill my wife, God will let me, re, you know, revitalize right. her. But like that was even proven wrong when the narrator, which, you know, ends up being kind of cool in the movie, he says that his head swelled up to like the size of a pumpkin. He got bit, yeah. Yeah. No, which it's very clear that indicates, this... indicates, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but... That's the thing. I mean, see, I mean, you say you don't think that it has to do with faith, but but the fact that these are all delusions related to faith, I don't, is not an accident. This movie is not. This movie does not look fondly upon faith. Yeah, that's my point. <laughs> it's yeah. just not that. I wasn't. No, that's oh, what yeah. I meant. I wasn't trying oh, yeah. to say Same. the movie was positive for faith. Oh yeah, but its themes are still faith. It still has a very. It is definitively saying, "Hey, maybe this religion thing, not always, <laughs> not, didn't always serve humanity very well." Right. <laughs> Speaking of which. Uh, during the movie, Richard and I were talking about we would absolutely live. hate to live during that time and in, in that in place, that area, yeah, because yeah, it's it's not representative of all of America during this time. But I think it's probably, f- you know, it's picking out it's exceptionally bad actors, but the underlying sort of society that they're living in, I it I feel it feels very authentic. Yeah. Oh to, yeah. To this sure. time in this well, region. Well, if you think of 1965, can I jump though to yeah? I mean Preston. I, oh, the worst. I think Preston, like wonderfully played by Robert Pattinson. You Wonderful. hate him the second you see him. Yeah, <laughs> and you're supposed to hate him. Yeah. you just, I just immediately just repulse him. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he is delusional. I don't. I yes, he, he is. is. He is he using is. his power to manipulate mm-hmm. the people. I think he truly believes, believes he's right. I think the delusion does break a little bit when he's confronted by Arvin. Because he's, he starts when once he's actually afraid for his life, he it starts breaks. to like break, yeah. and he's kind of like, okay, I know I'm. He doesn't say I know I fucked up, but I, I yeah. feel like the performance conveys that like he knows he's wrong, and now he's well, just, he threw the Bible at him. He is always <laughs> he is. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to try to sound like I'm excusing him anyway. No, he's a horrible person from in every stage every, of this film. Yeah, but. So the delusion doesn't mean he doesn't like soften his shittiness. He is still a sh- he knows he's being shitty. I don't mm-hmm. doubt that. But I do think his delusion is not that he's in the right, but rather that he it is somehow he is somehow excused from it mm-hmm. because he's him because yeah. he's a preacher. He's, yeah, because he's so close to God. He's so yeah. elevated in his yeah. own head, his ego. So that's his, his delusion. Isn't that he's not a shithead? His delusion is that it's okay that he's a shithead because of the power he holds. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, or the, I would, the position he holds in the community. You could even even uh, furthering your point in the sense that when Arvin was explaining detail for detail what was happening, it was things that had just that at least we as audience members had just seen him do, mm-hmm. right? So the fact that we know that he's done it, and he should know that he's done it, but it doesn't even click until I forget which point of the detail that he was on. Like he he says it like point for point, right? What he does to his wife. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then also excellently written and directed and acted scene. And yeah, just great. See, and see the, the, that's it, the tension that I wanted to see more of, and I think that's what you also wanted. Right. The tension was the tension was building there, but it but it also wasn't it like I can see it started there. I, I can see the yeah, exactly. I can see if you played your cards right leading up to that moment, that moment's tension would be through the roof. But instead, yeah, it's only like it's a new tension that we're feeling. It's, it's a like, new thing. Yeah. But it shouldn't be those two characters. We should feel a burning tension a couple times leading up to that. Yeah, very uh, much so. Because, I mean, they did allude to it, but it was also just brushed aside pretty quickly because right. the whole backhanded 
Because there's 50,000 other stories we have to get to. Yeah. <laughs> that whole part with like the, the chicken liver. Yeah. And um, I mean, we, and we know at that moment they don't like each other very yeah. much. Because even uh, Arvin says he's just like, he's no better than them on the radio. Right. You know, talking about televangelists and stuff. Right. See, and that's my point. That's why I feel like he's not. But I understand that he could also have this delusion, something that his father gave him with this whole like, there's a whole bunch of shitty people out there. His delusion is the opposite of everyone else's. His delusion is that he doesn't have a delusion. His delusion, at the, at the end, I, to me, his turn, when he kind of buries the dog and he's sitting there and the narrator kind of talks about how he's thinking about his dad. Different things, yeah. He, I think he thinks through most of the movie that he's better than his dad, that his dad was kind of fucked up because he says when he talks to Lenora early on, I say early on, it's like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, early in right. from the time when we meet our main character. <laughs> um, but when he's talking to Lenora, he says, you know, I know what my daddy did. And I, I think he, he's similar to his dad. In a, well, I think that's the point. I think that he thinks that he's a little bit better than his dad. Because I think even he re, his dad showed him beating up the bullies. He let Lenora be, on, be away so mm-hmm. he, she didn't have to look at it. Right. I think he acts in little ways that he thinks he's better than his dad. Even when he gets the gun, he's kind of pretty dismissive of it. Like He does say, yeah, I've ne- I don't have anything of his, but I feel like Tom Holland's performance there is saying a little bit that like I don't really care about my dad or I don't want to have anything to do with it. I, but go ahead. in the end, it goes back over. I think he realizes, well, actually, his dad didn't end up all that different than he did which is to say that his dad had all these pressures on him and this made him kind of this toxic person that he became. And I think that Tom Holland's character that Arvin also kind of sees, because he he sort of fantasizes about he'll be seen as doing the right thing. It's very explicitly put that way. Mm. It's not put that he knows he did the right thing. It says specifically he fantasizes about the idea that maybe he did the right thing. I think he knows that he became kind of this toxic, violent person just like his dad like did. His dad. And the idea, his delusion was that he was any better than his dad or that his dad was such a bad guy to begin with. He refused to acknowledge that his father was under all these pressures that he had no control over. Mm-hmm. And because his life has gone the way he did, he now has this sympathy. He's like, actually, I see now how difficult it must have been for him because I know how difficult it has been for me. So he grows out of the delusion at least has the ability to because he sees it and i was gonna say that's why i thought that he could possibly be one that's not within a delusion but i know that wasn't entirely the case and i was going to go in that direction that his delusion is framed around what his father had taught him there are so many shitty people Mm -hmm. out there but it's his aversion to religion and to all of that that's what makes me want to argue that he wasn't delusional. But yes, no, he very Cause much that, is... Because the whole police that, thing... That he, ties to the idea... It's almost like the movie who, who has all these negative things to say about faith. Mm-hmm. At the end, drives this little knife in you saying, well, faith isn't the only reason why we have delusions. Right. We kind of are a little fucked up based on all of our belief systems, <laughs> including like what our parents have taught us. I think you're right. I think to some degree... I don't think it's that he realizes his dad was wrong, that there's a bunch of bad people out there... Well, he does. He does in the sense that he realizes that all those people are just like him and just like his dad, that they're, they're quote-unquote bad people, but also there's all these pressures put on everyone and that they're all kind of... They're being... Pre- they're, they're dealing with the devil all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. 
I was going to say, like, adding further on to that point was that, you know, like, anybody in the right mind would not take it upon themselves and actually kill someone. That no, he's thinking... Exactly. He's not... He... That's because because he is it's it's self defense when it's Carl, but right. before that it's For not. The, it's not. He's, he's he could have gone to the authorities and he had piled up all the evidence. He like threw it on him at that point. That's what I'm saying. He yeah, yeah. he is kind of as toxic as his dad yeah. was. Mm-hmm. He is not this clean. No, exactly, and that's where I will concede to that. Like I know that okay. So some of the weaker characters like Lee, right? I would, I would arguably a weaker character. Just can't see it at the moment. He has this illusion that he has to do everything for this reelection campaign. And this sort of... Uh, see, I don't know. I don't think that that's... I, I think if, if you're going to apply the delusion to Lee, which I think it, it almost doesn't work. If, I mean, and that doesn't... It doesn't... That doesn't mean that we're right about this reading of the film, although you right. can read films in many different ways. I don't think we're wrong. Right. Um, but if you're going to go with that, I think it either doesn't work or I think what Lee's delusion is is that he can... He can't... I think his delusion is that he's even capable of covering it up. That it is so... Because he's been doing it for so long, he thinks because he keeps doing things. At first, he goes, "Okay, well, I'm gonna visit my sister, and I'll I'll put an end to whatever people will find." Doesn't work. Okay, well, I'll go to the you know the brothel, and I'll put an end to there. Doesn't, doesn't work. work. Okay, I'll go to the, like the mob boss guy, and I'll put an end to it there. Doesn't work. Right. Okay, well, I'll just kill them then. Yeah, still doesn't work. Because <laughs> because there's there's too many things, and he just can't. Right. You can't go on that way forever. Eventually, it will catch up to you. You you just can't juggle that many. See, and that's that's see, it's that's where I'm flip flopping on this because technically, Arvin is the one that he's the comeuppance because he puts the film rolls into his pocket at the end too. Mm-hmm. So everything again comes to light from what he does. Again, not. But then you're right. You're right. He says he fantasizes about how it would go down because right now it is kind of ambiguous because. The narrator says he imagines it, as opposed to the narrator telling us that that's actually that's what actually happened. What happened. No, he he right. filters his telling of the story through, through Arvin Arvin's at that point. Thoughts, yeah. yeah. I'm very happy with this conversation. Do you have anything you want? You good or um, anything we didn't touch on? I think the movie's beautiful. Like I, I think, think it's, it's well, yeah. The the pacing of the visuals are actually very intriguing. Um, yeah. I even though I do agree that the movie would benefit from a restructuring a little bit. And I don't think it has to be shorter. I think there's maybe some things you can do to make it feel less wayward. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is almost a poetic vision of, you know, the South. Uh, Like It's not even that far South. It's actually kind of... West Virginia is like middle country. Yeah. But um, But that's still considered the South. Sure. Which is odd to me. (laughs) Of rural America. Yeah. It is a very... It is a very poetic... Visually and auditorially, it is a very poetic representation of rural America. But uh, yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Um, some of my favorite parts were uh, some of the visuals. Like what we were talking about uh, in the dark room, it was a very creepy way. And I, I wish, along with the tension thing. It's one of the few times that we do actually see the horrors of what's going on. And, and like, yeah, the visuals. This is when uh, Lee sees the pictures of his sister with all of these, in Carl, yeah. like all these hitchhikers that they've done weird sexual murder stuff with yeah. and that show we see the negatives the of negatives, them which, which makes them makes it very pop creepy out. looking yeah. and it stands out a little bit also because the movie doesn't always cut away from the horrors of it but it does for a movie that is t- for a movie that a lot of assault and violence happens in we see shockingly little of it right the dog is killed 
off screen. Um, the dog is crucified off screen. We don't even see that the dog was crucified till way it after was just the fact. Told. Yeah, we see the private, but only from far angles and like sort yeah. of askew. Yeah, um, like, it wasn't. It just it wasn't emphasized. You just had to be paying attention and right, right. And the the sexual, I mean, the sexual assault, like. I will still call it that. She does consent, but the power dynamic there, she doesn't Was really have the ability to consent. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fucked up. Yeah. Um. So it is still a sexual assault. I mean, she's also underage. So just yeah. yeah. It's all um, right. Yeah. It's all wrong. Everybody, everything about it. Through. Everything yeah. about it's wrong. We cut away. We don't really see it. What we don't really see what the what Carl and what's her name Sandy Sandy do to the people. We mm-hmm. see pictures of it after the fact and very quick snippet flashback that one time. For what they do to the hitchhikers. We don't see it happen. Mm-hmm. We see pictures of it, right? And then we that there's that one really quick flashback that we see it kind of happening. But it's super. That's when the narrator oh, yeah. says, "What a piece of shit" or whatever. Uh, you or, s- what a sick. Yeah, fuck. What a sick fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it almost gives this. It's. I do think that some of this, some of shying away from showing us the horrible things that are happening in the story, does sometimes hurt the feeling of horror. Mm-hmm. But also, I kind of get. I feel like I get what they're going for because I think it ties into the idea that. These are just things that are haunting these people. Because we always hear about kind of what exactly happened a little bit later yeah. and a little bit secondhand, mm-hmm. which adds to this this feeling that these characters... It's not so much about what these characters are enduring as it is about how these things haunt them. And I would almost argue that because it's it's we hear it secondhand, it's because you know the whole delusion still kind of takes over. Right. Where other people are... They're not blind to it. Yeah, it's a... It's a good movie to, if you want to sit with ideas and characters and setting, it's a good movie. If you want to be like full on entertained, it eh, might be a it bit might of a not, stretch. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it is pretty dour in some of the stuff that it represents. Uh, so heavy. be yeah. prepared for that if you're going to sit and watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's about it for me. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you can find us at characterarc.net. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at characterarc. Join us next week for whatever show we put on. I'm yeah. Richard Bertelson. <laughs> yeah, and I'm I'm Ted Hong. Hi, Ted Hong. <laughs> Thanks. The devil all the time. The devil all the time. <laughs>